welcome. My name is Gina Timberman, and you are listening to Timber People, a podcast about people who, like timber, are strong, build and create, who gather us together like fuel that feeds fire. People who support structures of our community that uplift and protect. Hello, welcome to Timber People. I'm really happy to welcome my dear friend, Toon Nguyen of THN Insurance Solutions. Um, We have so much to talk about. I know you are uh, really vested and committed to the community around us, the Asian district. I want to talk about that. I would like to talk about your personal story and your experience, but also the vision you have for the work that you do and community aspirations. And we're friends and we have so many mutual friends and I feel really grateful and blessed to know you and to really explore. I think we have a lot of like connects and parallels with community, culture and opportunities for placemaking and community building. Welcome, Toon. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Gina, for having me today. Um, it's a blessing to be your friend, and I'm just grateful that I've gotten to meet you and gotten to know you over the times, and I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you. I have to say to our listeners, one of the best birthday experiences I've ever had was meeting Tune and the community and with my family and friends for a culinary experience in the Asian district. And it's something I really love that you guys, your community has been doing. And I know your business is in the Asian district. I would like you to talk a little bit about that. But I want to say, man, what an awesome experience. Even my you know, three-year-old niece was just so happy the whole time. I don't think she cried once. And it was a hot, warm June summer day. But the way in which you welcomed me and the experience and just the the casual, beautiful, um, just walking tour, exploring the food of the Asian district. I like to think I'm aware of, of what's happening in our community in Oklahoma City, but I learned so much and I was, I'm really grateful for that experience. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you know, thank you for coming. Um, and what, what's what's wonderful was our our culinary tour happened to be Gina's birthday that day. Yeah, so I mean it's the best a, time. We had, <laughs> we had a, a, a great um, way to celebrate her birthday um, by doing that culinary tour. But um, going back to the Asian District, so like, so I I was one of the founders of the Asian District, and how it came about um, is that I I started my insurance business. Um, and I was a little bit outside of the Asian district. And actually, I, I, I officed with my aunt who actually owned a Vietnamese public radio station here in town. And I, I officed with them. I see a lot of the community people coming in and out to do um, recordings with uh, Vietnamese radio. Um, I myself was on a couple of radio shows there back then. Um, and, uh, I slowly grew out of that office. And so I decided that I would, uh, relocate my office to inside the Asian district. And so got the opportunity to do that, um, with like a really great, I'm blessed to have like a really great landlord in that uh, shopping center, um, at Jade Asian Plaza. And so I got the opportunity to move my office. And when I moved my office, that was when like the brothers in arms statue was uh, completed. That was one of the biggest, uh, 
uh, art projects in our city. Um, it won a, some national recognition for that project, but uh, Miss Robbie Kinzel yes. um, worked on that project. Dear with friend, a lot of, God rest her soul. I loved uh, Robbie, and so like she worked with us. Um, I worked with the Vietnamese community on on some of that, and and then in 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 in, in, in the grand opening of that of that park, um, the military park, it just felt like there was a hole and a gap because. Past 5 p.m. every day, it seemed like the Asian district is a ghost town and there's no activities, there's no lights, there's no livelihoods. It seemed like a, an area where people just didn't want to go to after dark. And in conversations with people, uh, people even said, I would never go to the Asian district after dark. You know, it's a scary place over there, you know. And so, but when I moved my office inside of that, I just like, we just have to do something differently. Um, this is a great park. It's a great area. We have a brothers in arms statue that symbolizes bringing people together, people fighting with each other. Um, you know, no matter the differences, you know, that you'll notice the tall statue of a white guy and, a, and an Asian guy and community both in arms. Community arms and it's brothers in arms statue. So it's like, uh, no matter what we, we still are brothers. And so I felt like that pulled me to like, hey, we need to bring like a festival. We need to bring a night market festival. And at the time, California had this really big 626 night market festival that is like brings like hundreds of thousands of people to different areas of California and stuff. I was like, man, how cool would it be to bring an Asian night market festival to Oklahoma City? Um, that's one of the things that we really need for our community. You know, um, not only that, it would bring people that normally wouldn't come to the Asian district to come and feel and experience the Asian district. And so that's when I reached out to our um, city. Uh, I reached out to Robbie Kinzel. Right. She got me on to like a lady that is a really good city planner named Kim Cooper Hart. Right. Um, we sat down, we, we talked for hours you were doing plan. the right things, really. And so, yeah, and, and, and then after that, it just took off. And a lot of people, when we first started, they, they were like, it would never get happen, you know. You guys won't have enough people coming. Uh, we tried it before, and it failed, and it's not going to work. Um, and so, you know, and I'm not a believer in uh, trying something once and it fails and just giving up. I mean, I feel like there's... Maybe it's the timing that wasn't right in that time right. period, but maybe this time it's going to be right for us. You know, maybe it's, it's it, it, it has to be put in place and all the moving parts has to fit all together. Right. And so then, you know, I put a, together a team of people and a board with like-minded vision. I sold my vision to a lot yeah. of these people to, 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 to have them come on board and get sold on it. And we worked really hard. Um, and so today... You know, at our very first night market festival, we were only expecting like 2,000. We would be happy. But it ended up being like there was like ten or 12,000 people that showed right. up that evening. Oh, it's only going to grow. And, and then the <laughs> With second everything year, you're doing, yeah. So the second year, it grew to 20, 30,000. And our third year, um, it grew to 40,000. And I mean, now we're going to, this year, um, the Asian district is moving the festival to a two day festival. And so it's like a, it's a growing festival and I feel like it's, uh, it's gonna only grow from here. But what the point is on that is like, 
being able to see younger generations of kids being proud of their cultures and their heritage and not being ashamed of who they are, you know, and portraying their character, uh, you know, and, and, and portraying their culture and, and showing the world how beautiful our culture is. Right. And, you know, placemaking is such, and community building really speaks so much to, um, you know, heritage investment and pride building and confidence in those younger generations. And I know that you have been committed and, you know, there are safe spaces. The middle grounds are food film festival and you guys are doing all of that. You know, it's wonderful. Like I, you, and, and I'll also say that the difference in exploration and exploitation is invitation. So the fact that your community has been actively through the association, actively inviting the community to different film opportunities, culinary tours, different cultural experiences really creates an avenue of safe, safe space for exploration that can really not, cannot happen any other way. Yep. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. And it's, uh, it's beautiful to see it grow. Um, and and I'm, I'm excited to see the future of where we lead. Um, and this is just a, a small part of how, you know, how we can begin because I have bigger visions on this for Oklahoma City too. Um, I, I feel like, you know, we have, uh, you know, our, 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 our niche uh, portrayal of different cultures in different areas of our pockets of our city. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking on a larger scale of like, what if we did something for Oklahoma City that brought everyone together? Right. Like, like right. in one festival or one, uh, one, um, and I'm giving you a little bit hints and things of what, what <laughs> I, I want to do in the future. But I think like um, Oklahoma City needs it because we are so diverse. Right? We're diverse and we're also very proud of where we're from. And I tell you, I have projects outside the state and I like we've talked about this, but I can't imagine not being, you know, in Oklahoma City and you know, I have family, friends here, but. I just have such a pride of identity of being, it's a part of our heritage. And I've said this on other shows, I'll say it again, but we were a collision of cultures. Now we're a collaboration of cultures. And if you have, if you are from Oklahoma or if you're in Oklahoma City, or you have a really interesting story to tell. And I know you do just as from being a friend of yours. Um, and I know you talk about that, but I love what the, you know, there are ways to create community from suspecting ways and unsuspecting ways. And I love how you've even thought through um, ways of street identity and different aesthetic opportunities throughout the Asian district to give it a sense of community and place that I think um, they need place. Communities need people like you. And so I really appreciate that because I've grown up here. I've known we had an Asian district, um, you know, have been around for, but now seeing it on a whole new level of public programming that really is a welcoming experience that, you know, I want to, that, that's why I want to bring my niece and my family with me, you know, the other day um, for my birthday. And it was a very special opportunity because we were welcomed. It, again, it's about invitation is the separation between exploration and exploitation. Of course, number one, number one set priorities is to be able to 
And, and and that's also one of the things to break the barriers of uh, um, how divisive our, our world is becoming is to make it undivisive by inviting people to understand you, inviting, being an open book to, to know, letting them, allowing them to see your cultures and how, um, you know, what you are about and, right. and, and how, you know, it's beautiful. And, and, you know, many times we share it, you know, we are, we're different in culture, but we're alike in so many ways. So we, many ways. we saw, we, we, I mean, I mean, at our Asian night market festival, we also had, um, our Hispanic community come out and right. perform dances and some of their dances and the ways that they eat, the way they're culinary, just the way we share culture is so similar. And Human so, values don't discriminate. Exactly. Family, culture, like yeah. family, gathering, yeah. respect, relationships. You're right. And so those are the kinds of things that, that I think that will carry on um, throughout. And so and that's that's one of the, the biggest things uh, to be able to to do for our, our Oklahoma City community and Oklahoma in general is to to share those. And then when you're sharing in that, you're inviting people to, Hey, come, I'm inviting you to my table. Right. So yeah. Speaking of like sharing at the table, um, I learned so much on that culinary tour. Um, briefly, do you mind like talking about like what we did that day? Like, cause I think like to think I'm aware of what's happening in the city, and I learned a lot that day. Yeah, and so we and we started out the day at the bakery, and uh, going back to the, the history of Vietnam is like Vin- Vietnam is a country that has been um, in a lot of different hands in many years, and so uh, when you talk about the history of Vietnam, uh, we were we were we were ruled by the Chinese for over a thousand years. And we broke away from that, which the French colonized us for a hundred years. So the Chinese colonized us for a thousand years. And then our cultures, then the French influence, the Catholicism came into about. And so the Vietnamese culture had been colonized by the French for a hundred years. And then, and then right after the French colonization was when that the Vietnam war happened and it was a split between our, our countries, almost like the civil war. Mm-hmm. And so you'll, you'll get uh, family members against family members, right. like one side or another, one belief or another. Yeah. And so it, it actually device divisively divided, um, some families and divided the country in half to, to political beliefs. But, um, but then after the Vietnam war is when the, you know, the tragedy happened. So in part of that Vietnam war, after that aftermath is a lot of people escaping because, because the Vietnam war signified the loss of freedom, the loss of rights, the loss of human rights, the loss of your right to be just, be able to thrive and be human. And so that's where my mom and my journey and my mom's story started is that my mom and I left Vietnam when I was four years old um, at the time, right after I was born in 1976. So it was like two years after the Vietnam War had ended, which is like 1975 was when April 30th, 1975 was when we we pulled out uh, of Vietnam. And so my mom and I left Vietnam when I was four years old. So it's 1980. Um, we escaped by boat at the time. My dad had to save enough gold bars 
for us to be like on this like this small boat and and there's tons and tons of stories of the Vietnamese boat people right. and the refugee population and how the Vietnamese community got to where we are here and how do we how did we get here how did we get to to Oklahoma um, but so we we journeyed on this boat with about 70 80 people a lot of starving women children um, and my, my mom and my story is a little different that we didn't travel with family. We were the only family that we had and she, she was brave enough. And my mom is my ultimate hero until this day. She's still alive and I, I take her places and then and spend a lot of time with her. But, um, ultimately I love my mom a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have to interject here that the courage of, um, of people, like that to transcend those challenging times for a vision of for the future is so meaningful. I it's hard to put into words what that means. And I love that you, you know, mentioned your mother still being like, these are warrior people, you know, boat people or warrior people. And you know, we talk about um what it meant for removal and for a lot of native people who you know, whether they had family or not, there was a community connectedness and adoption of people because you had to have each other to continue to transcend challenging experiences. And that's what is so inspiring and really interesting for me to learn about just to, that day to hear about your story uh, on my birthday, but also continue like over over years to hear stories there, it's really inspiring to know that warrior people made it possible for us all to be together. And it really takes community to keep us together. It does. And it does. It takes people to, to come together and bring each other up and, 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 and really be for each other. And so, um, yeah. And so my mom and I, we, we, so we were on this boat and we were, in the middle of the ocean, and then we were, luckily, our boat was rescued by a U.S. Navy ship, and so a U.S. Navy ship then took a lot of everyone from that boat, and then we, they dropped us off at a refugee camp, and so we were sponsored here um, with the grace of God. Uh, we were sponsored here with my uncle coming back uh, from, from the Vietnamese military um, and serving alongside the U.S. troops. Uh, he was able to come to Oklahoma. And so he reached out to a Baptist church and sponsored me and my mom here. So that's how we ended up here. That's so awesome. I mean, um, you know, like the other day we were going through like small business owners. It's hard to run a business anyway. You know, I love that you chose the district for your business, but the opportunity to meet business owners um, and new, make new friends was really cool. And I mean, like I said, it's hard to run a business anyway, a small business owner myself. So can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to uh, become a small business owner and what that means to have your business in your community? So, so, so there's two times in my life where I had nothing and I established something from nothing. So that was the journey to America. When we ended up in America, we, we came here at Rue Rogers Airport at Oklahoma with nothing but the clothes that we had on right. and created life and was able to be reunited with our families after 16 years of being separated. Um, but then the second thing is 
Um, I actually don't have an insurance background or a business background, but I had a science background. So I, in high school, I was a, you know, those model minority, Asian, you know, stuck up to the science and math nerdiness. Um, I was one of the top um, math and science scholars in our state. Um, spent a lot of summers in, at OU campus. And so I, I, I went to the biosciences. I was a biochemistry major. I got my bachelor's in that. Right. And then I went back after my dad had passed away. I went back for a, a master's in biostatistics and epidemiology. And at the time, the stock market had crashed. There was no opportunity for, for jobs. There was only contract work, which was only a couple of months. And then at the time, there's no working from home. You had to work on site. Oh, we're in a much different world now. Yeah. So, I mean, I wish it was, it was like that back then where we are now. But um, back then, it wasn't like that. And so, um, you, if you move, you know, you'd lose you could lose you, you know? And so I decided to stay here. My best friend, and he was with me, you know, throughout college. And he's like, man, you're so good with people. Um, Why don't you try insurance? And I looked at him, I was like, insurance? Are you kidding me? Why would I ever be Everybody needs insurance, man. It's like, why would I ever sell insurance? Uh, Aren't you guys like used car salesmen? You know, and I'm like, I would never sell insurance. And then here I am today. Everybody needs insurance. (laughs) I realized everyone needs insurance. Especially in Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) But the the, the thing is like, I'm multilingual and I can communicate with like community. And that's the good thing with me is like, from the very small ages, my mom would never speak English at home. Right. She made me and forced me to respond to her in God Vietnamese. God bless her, man. You know? So she spoke to me in Vietnamese and I speak back in, in Vietnamese. I can't right. speak back in English or else she'll just hit me with a chopstick <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, and so, or I can't eat some rice or something. But, um, but you know, I'm, as you know, I have a great belly right now. So I'm really well fed. So I, th- I think um, that helped a lot. And knowing like how to speak multi languages, and I think, uh, and and in doing so, I, I I'm able to find my passion in, in um, helping my community, um, helping um, you know our our minority uh, community that has language barriers, uh, access to to insurance, access to healthcare, you know, and and so and so some of those passion projects of mine is, have, have 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 been where I, I serve the most. Yeah, you know, geography and language are the biggest barriers to healthcare, um, you know, well-being needs, meeting well-being needs and mental health, substance abuse. And, um, you know, we see it in many communities, the American Indian community, but um, that language barrier in the fact that you are multilingual is so important. And what I think is also important, especially being in the insurance business, is that people trust you. And um, the relationship building is so important because you're going to need your friend when you need your insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Yep. Yep. So they, they don't normally find me when everything's good. They only find me when there's something. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So I really love that you introduced me to what the associate, like I've the awareness in a very short period of time. Um, of like that you've hired uh, an executive director and what the board has done and you're having film nights and there's a momentum happening in the Asian district that's 
um, more organized than ever. And it's really exciting. Yep. Yep. And, and, and that comes with a lot of, um, uh, ability of a lot of our, not just my vision, but everyone's vision together right. um, and, and, and working together. And I, I think like it, it wouldn't be where it is today without the collaborations of everyone in the Asian district. Um, we ha- also, also have to know that before us, um, the Asian district, um, we had a bond project with, with right. part of maps that actually created opportunities for, to have these beautiful medians. And it was established by our Asian district association before the Asian district cultural association came about, but the, before the Asian district cultural association came about, there was an Asian district association that helped with the medians and, and super Cal had been part of that story, um, um, the La Brasa owners, um, a lot of different people in our community came together um, to decide the design, decide the the look and feel and give that initial identity to the Asian district. Right. It should be reflective of the cultures and that are represented. And I love, like you said one time, that it's not just from one country, but it's uh, a welcoming to diverse cultures that represent Asian community. Yep. It sure is because, um, you know, even though there's a lot of Vietnamese in our community, um, you know, we, we, we want to make sure that anyone come, coming to the Asian district doesn't feel that it's one culture over another, but they're feel welcome because um, Asian cultures are not monolithic. Right. We're not just one Asian. Right. We're a bunch of a lot of different Asian cultures right. and Asian um, countries uh, in Asia and so and there's a lot of different identities that we respect uh, respectfully we want to celebrate and so and that's one of the things why we don't call ourselves little Saigon or we right. want to silo each other but we want to make sure that and you know especially in our Oakland community uh, and, and, and uh, further on in, in the nation people visit here they realize oh Asian district instead of uh, or, you know, or like Chinatown, you know, because many times when you, a lot of people, they travel, they, they like to go to the Chinatowns in different, like San Francisco, New York, like the big areas. Uh, but really rarely do you see those areas call themselves an Asian district or Asian, you know, Asian town or Asia or something like that. It's because the bigger you become, the more siloed you become and you gravitate to certain population of people. And that's not our point at all. Our point in in doing so is like, we want to ensure that people feel welcomed and feel like everyone can exist in in this community, no matter where they're at, you know, it doesn't have to be a particular spot. Right. It's connecting the spheres of influence and developing a community collective. And that's really so important. And I, I felt welcome. I know my family felt welcome. And can you talk a little bit about some of the other places we went to? Because I, I was totally geeking out. <laughs> so we, we, so we started with um, the French baguettes, and so that was where you know, Aunt Andrea gave a, a little snippet of like how the French colonized Vietnamese population um, uh, people, and then we also gravitated. We went to a place. That's about to open. Uh, one of our board members, uh, Jenny Wynn, who uh, his, uh, his family owns Lee Sandwiches, is opening a new concept called Boombox um, so at the corner. Cool. 
Uh, so it's a vermicelli, really healthy bowl. Um, you know, you get your proteins, you get your, you know, you get your different uh, vitamins, you get all your veggies. And so it's great, um, a mix of, of stuff. Um, and people normally say that Vietnamese eat culinary is a lot of healthy eating because you see a lot of greens, right. you, know, you see a lot of different green vegetables and things. And so that's, that's true. Um, and then we gravitated and we went, we had an experience to, to experience uh, bubble tea. And so bubble tea is from, uh, you know, Taiwanese. It was brought over by our Taiwanese culture. A lot of it started in Taiwan. And so um, they have these tapioca balls that are just, you know, and then they have these different concepts of different teas that they make. And there's like milk teas and teas in general. And so... Those are the kinds of things that I, I think that was great, tremendous experience. Then we, we were able to walk over and then we walked over to the, the, the military park where we talked about, you know, the refugee population here in Oklahoma of Vietnamese people. And a lot of our communities, they don't realize that right now, Asian, the Asian minority population over across America is a growing population. Um, and so, and so it's, it's been a great resource for our, you know, we were a smaller minority group, but, um, we're pretty strengthened and strong. Um, it's just that we don't say a lot. Um, but I think that I know that if our, our voices are, are being heard now, um, and, and we're out there, I think like more people will, will see the, see that, that we Absolutely. And I know that there have been collaborations in recent times with the American Indian Chamber of Commerce and the Asian Community Chamber, the uh, Chamber of Commerce. And I love seeing that. And it is, again, about connecting the spheres of influence. And, you know, I have to say, going to Military Park and seeing, you know, baby Andy, my niece, run around and play and enjoy while we're all like learning and talking and exchanging and eating. You know, I honestly have never been to that park before, even though, you know, I'm about 50 years old almost, but I'm like, you know, I've never been there. Um, but to be welcomed and to have that experience and to see the community engaging with one another was really special. And, and, and I'll tell you this, the visions for this area and for our city, because we, like, the Asian district in this part of Oklahoma City, we're like the heart. Right. The heartbeat of, of our city. And for this uh, community, especially Uptown 23rd, Plaza District, Paseo District, we're part of that, that connecting piece of all these districts. Um, but um, then there, like, 10... I'd give it five to 10 more years. The visions for this area is like, it's a place. It's a place where people would want to come back and live. And it's a place where people want to live. They want right. to work. They want to walk. They want to play. Uh, it's a place where it builds community and builds people. Right. But it's a, it's, it's a place where people would feel that. Safe, so, secure, and social, man. You know, uh, I'll tell you also I like is, that. It's really cool. You know, so often we look at our past when we all connect and identify cross-culturally, uh, multiculturally. It's, you know, capacity to transcend challenging times and, you know, but I think we also have to honor what's ahead of us. 
And I know for Native people, but also for the Asian community, in your story, the Vietnamese community, um, human rights, but that's present and our rights are at risk every day. And so um, for the listeners, I would encourage us to not only honor the histories that connect us, but the futures that will affect us. And so with that, I really want to thank you, Tune, for being on the show. Are there any uh, websites that you'd like to share with the listeners? Sure, yeah. Anyone who wishes to come and experience um, our Asian Night Cultural uh, Asian Night Market Festival this year will be a two-day festival. It's going to be August the 18th and 19th. You can go to um, AsianDistrictOK.com um, and look in their events and you'll see all the events that's happening. Um, there's some upcoming films. Um, I know, I don't know if you were able to bring your, your niece to watch Raya the other weekend, a couple weekends ago. I didn't, but it doesn't mean she didn't go because everyone was really excited about it. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then we, I think recently, like just this last weekend, we had Bollywood. So they, they I think they had yoga in the park last weekend. Nice. And they also had Bollywood uh a, a Bollywood dance teacher that taught Bollywood dancing. Um, and then they played a Bollywood uh, film. Um, in the next coming weeks, we're going to, uh, leading up to the Night, Night Market Festival, I think there's going to be another film. So we have a summer series every summer that we play um, moving the park, moving the military park, just to get um, just to get uh, this area more activated, more activities coming, more people coming to this area and being feel welcomed. Um, and so that's a couple of the things that's going to be happening. And so um, I encourage everyone to come out to the Asian Night Market Festival. Um, also, the Asian Chamber has some events coming up. We have Coffee and Connect. If you are a business owner or even if you're a student uh, wanting to get into entrepreneurship or wanting to start a business, come join us, network with us. Um, also, there's like a legis- uh, lattes and legislation where That's we're awesome. going to connect with our um, elected officials on a, a different level. Um, of connection. Everyone needs that. You know, they say like, I'm not in politics. Well, if you turn your light on, sleep on a mat, everything's right. You drive on the roads, you're in, you're in politics. Everyone needs lattes. I love that. (laughs) And so there's a couple of the, the, the couple of things. And so that organization is uh, AsianChamberOK.com. And so those are the two good websites. And then, and then I own my own business. I own THN Insurance. I'm an independent insurance agent. So anyone needs help with any kind of uh, advice or questions about insurance at all, give me a call. Thank you, Tune. It's been an honor and a pleasure having you on the show. And I'm just, I really appreciate you as a friend and everything you do for our community. Thank you. Thank Yako you so ki. much. Yeah. How do you say this? That's Yakuki is yeah. thank you in Choctaw. Yakuki. Yakuki. <laughs> thank you. Yes. How, how do you say you're welcome in Choctaw? Ome. 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 Yakuki. Thank you for joining us. Timber People is brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.